friends. Welcome to another episode of Impact Today. My name is Mark Bowling, an evangelist and teacher of God's Word, and I'm happy you joined me today. This is going to be an exciting lesson from the Word of God. But before we get started, I want to encourage you to go to our website, visit us at impacttoday.tv, and there you can find all of the episodes we've done in the past. And also, you can access our podcast. You can give us a, a prayer request, testimonies, or you can just call the number on that screen, and there will be someone there to pray with you, to receive your testimony, to believe God with you, and uh, be a blessing to you. We love you, and we are glad you've joined us. Let's just dive right into this this message here. I want to talk about again on the subject of healing, but I want to emphasize how healing in the Bible is a central theme. It's not just an afterthought with God. You know, I I feel like sometimes the church has treated the subject of healing as, you know, well, if you get healed, it's a bonus. It's something extra, but it's not that important. When the fact of the matter is, It is so important to God because He loves you and He wants you to be whole. You know, God didn't create you for weakness. You know, your eyes were made to see. Your legs were made to walk. Your ears were made to hear. God wants you strong. He wants you happy. He wants you blessed. So I want to talk about this subject And I want to point out, first of all, that every commission in the New Testament. Now, what do I mean by commission? Anytime someone was sent by the Lord or by God in their ministry, they were commissioned not only to preach the gospel and to see people turn from sin, But they were commissioned and authorized and empowered to bring healing to their audience. Praise God. Why? Because our Father deems healing so important. He is so serious about your wholeness. He made it clear when He declared, I am the Lord who heals you. Exodus 15 verse 26. I am the Lord, your healer. Hallelujah. So let's look at the very first commission in the New Testament. It was Jesus himself. God the Father sent Jesus into this earth to to minister, ultimately to die on the cross for our sins and for our sicknesses and diseases. But in Jesus' earthly ministry, He was commissioned by the Father to preach, teach, and heal. Now, let's read Jesus' platform of ministry. Jesus read Isaiah chapter 61, and He declared, This day this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Here He is in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, and listen to what it says here. This is Jesus' ministry. And notice what he says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, 
and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This platform of Jesus' ministry is full of healing, full of freedom and deliverance for the captives. Amen. Listen to Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. The Bible says that Jesus went about their cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of sickness and every kind of disease among the people. Now listen to this, verse 24. Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people. Did you hear that? They brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics. And he healed them. Hallelujah. Amen. And then Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, the scripture I just quoted in Acts 10, verse 38, is a portion of Peter the Apostle's message when he's preaching the gospel to a large crowd of people in Jerusalem. And notice, that he, he mentions Jesus' ministry and what's he talking about? The healing aspect of Jesus' ministry. Why? Because it was such a vital part of his ministry. In fact, if we were to cut out every verse of Scripture about Jesus and his healing ministry, you would have very little. It was such a large part of his ministry that it consumed much of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So much is dedicated to his healing ministry. In fact, there was so much that it didn't, uh, John said at the end of his Gospel, he said, if we were to record every miracle he did, I suppose all the books of the world couldn't contain everything. And so he did so much, and so much of it was healing. So the very first commission in the New Testament, the commission of the Lord Jesus Christ by God the Father, involved healing. All right. The second commission. The 12 apostles were sent by the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Bible says he gave them power and authority to go preach the gospel and to heal the sick. Matthew chapter 10, let's, let's look at this. Matthew 10, it says, And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and disease among the people. That's what it says. And then... It says in verse 7, he said, Go, preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. I like that. Freely you have received, 
freely give. Well, what did they receive? Authority, power to heal. Amen. It's not something they earned. It was something that was bestowed on them. It was delegated to them. And they were to take that authority and power and go preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, which means within hand's reach. And heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely they had received. Freely they were to give. Hallelujah. Praise God. So Jesus was sent with a commission to heal. The 12 disciples were sent with a commission to heal. After Jesus sent the 12, he sent 70 more men. And we see that in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, starting with verse 1. Let's just turn there. Luke 10, verse 1. Listen to this. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. 70 others. So that means in addition to the 12. And he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Now notice in verse 8, he said this, Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick there, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near you. Notice, heal the sick there. And declare to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And then in verse 19, listen to this. Hallelujah. Actually, I'll just read verse 17. It says, then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Then in verse 19, he said this. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Glory to God. So we see, once again, Jesus was commissioned by God the Father <clears throat> to go preach and heal. Then Jesus commissioned the 12 disciples to go, to preach, and to heal. Then he commissioned an additional 70. And what did he say to them? You go preach and heal. And he gave them the authority and the power to do so. Praise God. Well, now Jesus, he dies on the cross. He's buried. He rises from the dead. Then he appears to the 12, the 70, and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that he appeared to at least 500 brethren all at once. So now he's, he's appearing to a very large crowd. And he says this, you go, this is Mark chapter 16, verse 15, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to every person. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who doesn't believe will be condemned. And these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. 
And he goes on to say, they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now notice, he said, these signs will accompany those who believe. So what he authorized the 12 to do, what he authorized the seven, the 70 to do, he now broadens it and says these miraculous signs will accompany everyone who believes. Believes what? Believes the gospel. In my name, they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So you have Jesus. He's commissioned. Then you have the 12. Then you have the 70. Now you have all believers. Hallelujah. All believers. We are commissioned and we are called to be messengers of the good news of Jesus Christ. And when we proclaim it, it's accompanied with miraculous signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just this past week, we were preaching the gospel in a community in the state where I live. And there was a woman who uh, was there. And because of some underlying condition, her arm was paralyzed from, the, uh, from her elbow down. She couldn't move her arm like this. She couldn't move her wrist at all. It was kind of frozen. But we proclaimed this message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. She believed it. And when prayer was offered in the name of Jesus, the Lord healed her instantly. It was amazing. She was so happy. She was moving it all around, moving her arm. And many other, several others were healed as well. It was beautiful to see it. God is so good. All right. But then we have... Not, not only do we have Jesus, the 12, the 70, all believers, then we have a mandate given to the church. The Bible says, the Holy Spirit instructs us in James chapter 5. Listen to this. James chapter 5, <clears throat> verse 13. Notice what it says. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Now there, he's not talking about suffering with sickness and disease. Why? Because he talks about the sickle in a bit. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. In other words, are you going through a test, a trial, a hardship? You're to pray. Hallelujah. Then it goes on to say, is anyone among you cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and the, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Glory to God. And it goes on to say this, if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now notice it says if. It doesn't say, it doesn't assume they have sinned. It says if he has committed sins. So there are times when people are sick because they've personally committed a sin, but not all the time. So that's why it says if he's committed sins. If he's committed sins, they will be forgiven. 
Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Glory to God. Now, I want to point out here, when it says, is anyone among you sick? This doesn't mean, and then it goes on to say, let him call for the elders of the church. This doesn't mean anytime you have the slightest pain in your body, you're supposed to call your pastor. Anytime you have a little cold, you're supposed to call your pastor. No, it doesn't mean that. If you look at the context here, it says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. So raise him up, inferring they're on a they're on a bed. All right. You're bedridden. You've prayed and you, for some reason you haven't received the victory. Then you call for the elders of the church. But God wants you to grow up spiritually. God wants you to learn how to use your own faith, learn how to pray and receive answers to your prayers. Amen. You, we ought not be dependent on pastors. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying being independent from people. I'm not saying dishonoring your pastor. I'm not saying that. I am saying we ought to grow spiritually and receive our own answers to prayer so that your pastor can focus on the new believers in your church. Amen. It's kind of like this. You know, when my children were born, when they were young, when they were babies, I carried them around. But there came a time where they had to learn to walk on their own, <laughs> their own two feet, right? I didn't carry them anymore. They walked on their own. Spiritually, it's the same for you and me. You know, when we're baby Christians, yes, we need that extra help. We need someone to carry us spiritually, so to speak. We need other people to help us pray and get answers to prayer. But the time comes when God wants you to learn how to pray, receive your own answer to prayer. And then people will come to you and you will help them pray. Glory to God. Amen. But notice here again, the Holy Spirit instructs the church that if someone needs healing, for some reason they're not receiving healing on their own, they are instructed by the Holy Spirit to call for the elders of the church. And the elders of the church are to come and anoint that sick person with oil in the name of the Lord. That oil represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. They're to anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Hallelujah. Now, again, the prayer of faith will save the sick. Not the prayer of if it be thy will, Lord, please heal them. No, no, that's not prayer of faith. Faith means per firm persuasion, a firm conviction. The prayer of faith says, Lord, we know it's your will. Now heal them now in Jesus' name. We believe we receive it. We count it done. Glory to God. That's the prayer of faith. And the Bible says, when we pray, when we pray the prayer of faith they'll be healed and the Lord will raise them up. And if they've committed any sins, they will be forgiven. Glory to God. So again, here we go. Look at these commissions. 
Jesus was commissioned to heal. The 12 apostles were commissioned to heal. The 70 apostles were commissioned to heal. Every believer was commissioned to heal. The church was commissioned to heal. As you can see, just based on these commissions alone, that healing is not a side issue. It is a priority. It's not an afterthought. It's a central theme. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Healing is a major part of God's plan for us all. So much so that God the Father placed on Jesus when Jesus died on the cross as our substitute. He placed on His Son Jesus not only our sins, but also our sicknesses and our diseases. And what Jesus bore, we need not bear. The Bible says in Matthew 8, 17, He Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 24, He Himself bore our sins in His own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Now, notice the language. Notice the wording. In the same way that Jesus bore our sins on the cross... He bore our sicknesses on the cross, and by His stripes you were healed. Thus we were told in Psalm 103, verse 2, Do not forget all His benefits, who forgives all your sins and who heals all your diseases. Those are benefits of the covenant. When you are in covenant with God, you have minimally these two benefits. He forgives all your sins and He heals all your diseases. Simply take God at His word. Believe it. Act upon it. Embrace it. Call on His name and say, Lord, I believe the covenant. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe He bore my sicknesses and diseases. And by His stripes I'm healed. Glory to God. Amen. Let me encourage you to do that right now. First, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I have good news for you. On the cross, He died for you. He was thinking of you. He loves you. This gospel is for you. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He died for you. He was buried for you. And God raised him up from the dead for you. Proving he is the Son of God, the Lord of all. Pray this prayer with me right now with all of your heart, say this, Dear God in heaven, I acknowledge my sin, but I believe that Jesus Christ is your Son. I believe He died on the cross for my sins. 
I believe He suffered my sicknesses and diseases and that He was buried. I believe you raised Him from the dead. Therefore, I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. I receive Him into my heart as my Savior. And I thank you, you save me now and make me your child. My sins are gone. I'm washed clean. Thank you for saving me. And thank you, Jesus, for being my healer. I trust you to heal me now in Jesus' name. Dear friend, if you did that for the very first time, I have good news for you. Your sins are forgiven you. You're a brand new person. Call the number on the screen and tell them what you've just done. Now let me pray for you. Dear Father, I thank you for the healing covenant. And according to your word, and as your representative in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you to heal them all. I command sicknesses and diseases to leave the people now. Pains, arthritis, crippling conditions, heart conditions, lung conditions, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Lord, I thank you for healing your people. We give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. God bless you, my friend. I hope to see you next time. You have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. And always remember, Jesus Christ loves you and Jesus is Lord. Amen.